Hello, welcome to our presentation from the University of Central Florida on preparing diverse PhD students for innovation in our field. My name is Lisa Deeker and I'm a Pegasus professor and Lockheed Martin Eminent Scholar Chair at the University of Central Florida and co-director of the PhD program. I'm co-presenting with one of my co-PIs on the grant, Michelle. You want to introduce yourself? My name is Michelle Tobe, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Learning Sciences and Educational Research at the University of Central Florida. Um, I am excited to present with Lisa and some of our fellow um, graduate students in the PhD in Special Ed. Molly, if you would like to start. Thanks, Dr. Tobe. I'm Molly Greer, and I'm starting my third year as a PhD student. I have a bachelor's in elementary education, as well as moderate to severe disabilities, and I also have a master's of divinity in children's and family ministries. Hi, everyone. My name is Tani Wilder, and I am a beginning second year uh, PhD scholar, and I am also a practicing speech language pathologist. Monica? Thanks, Tony. Hi, I'm Monica Burns-Connor. I'm a PhD student also here at the University of Central Florida. I have a bachelor's and master's degree both in special education. And so we have the privilege of having our, we call this Lead Next, the next generation of innovation scholars with us today, as well as uh, Tani is on another grant project with us called Teleports. And so you're going to hear us highlighting some of their innovations, but Michelle and I are going to start by kind of giving you an overview, uh, and I'll start by telling you our conceptual framework. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we see innovation and diversity, a little bit about our scholar data, some of our current challenges. We didn't even put the pandemic on there, so just be warned that we, we've given you challenges beyond that. And then the scholars are going to give you their examples of their mission statements. And then we have kind of a fun wrap up of five thoughts from each person in the group of what is innovation and diversity should we be seeing in doctoral preparation programs across the country. So kicking us off uh, and thinking about what do we mean about innovations, uh, Michelle, kind of want to lead that, that part in scholars who can chime in. Sure. Uh, so when we say innovation, as you can see on the slide, there are several components to that. So first we talk about learning sciences. Learning sciences can mean quite a few number uh, of things. So it could be a different theory of learning. What theory of learning would a student use to drive their research? It could also be the type of data they're using. So what type of data are they using to answer different research questions? It could also be the different, different type of learning environment. So is it a simulation? Is it a classroom? Uh, it could be all these different components together or separately. Uh, so it is definitely a broad term. We say cross content. That also means it can be across really any kind of learning content, any kind of um, any kind of topic. So it can be in the classroom. It can be in the laboratory. It can be STEM content. It can be reading um, anything. Uh, so the idea of doing research in learning sciences and special education means it can have several different components to it. Excellent, and this is Molly. I'm gonna talk about multimodal data. So multimodal data is basically the use of multiple means of data. So it could be video data, auditory data, um, galvanic skin response data, but the use of all of these data to make decisions and research decisions about the impacts of education or the impacts of instruction. And Monica is going to talk about school-based projects. Thank you. So here at UCF, we have a lot of opportunities to participate in research-based projects as well as grant writing. We have a lot of 
partnerships and collaborations with, um, with for, for example, the Down Syndrome Foundation, where we have the students come in and we are PhD students have a chance to work with individuals with Down syndrome. And we also have partnerships with UCP where um, our students actually can participate in paid internships at UCP locations. And uh, one of the really cool, interesting projects that we are working on at the University of Central Florida involves artificial intelligence um, development. And so what's really neat is that we're taking transcripts from the use of dialogue um, as these kiddos are participating with um, robotics and we're analyzing the communications and we are looking at the most frequented words to um, figure out how we can more so automate, um, more so automate prompts for students to initiate self-regulated learning. So that's one of the really neat ways that we're involving artificial intelligence in our research. And I know all three of you are using something in the area of biometrics. So I know Monica, you're using um, uh, the Toby glasses. What, what are you thinking about doing in the area of biometrics? Recently, I submitted an IRB for a pilot study with around 24 middle school participants and what we'll do is have the students participate in a reading task. And while they're reading, we will compare the um, individuals with dyslexia with the individuals without dyslexia. We'll compare their eye tracking movements in a quasi experimental comparison group study. Great, thanks. And finally, at the University of Central Florida, we use a range of immersive simulations through programs such as Teach Live, and we offer an, a variety of means with this. So like, I've had the ability to coach assistant principals and teacher evaluation meetings, also coaching pre-service teachers in English as second language and reading lessons, but we offer elementary, middle school, and high school classrooms as long as some adult simulations. And, you know, what's fun is, uh, you know, I have to say that, you know, Michelle just came to UCF just, what, two years ago? I've lost track of time. Three. Three. Yeah, that's what happens with the pandemic. And and three years ago, she literally was walking on it. We said, would you write this grant with us? Because her skill set in learning science, multimodal data, um, this biometrics, and then our work we were already doing in artificial intelligence and simulation has really made for this partnership to really elevate the work of these scholars in the future. So I wanted to kind of then highlight, you saw kind of what we mean by innovation. I wanted to kind of highlight what we mean by diversity. So you heard in the opening, we have diversity teaching backgrounds, uh, degrees, ethnicity, gender, disability. And I really think our culture, both we see culture, not just as cultural diversity of the scholars background, but urban, rural, international, and the culture of their school-based projects, you know, dyslexia, LD versus, and that's the hard part in our field is not only working across content, but working across the range of disabilities. And so we really think diversity in a broader sense, but also really respect the fact that we've done very well with, with supporting diverse scholars. So you may or may not know, but UCF is a Hispanic serving institution, uh, which means that more than 25% of our student population is Hispanic, which we're very proud of that fact. And that has just happened since 2018. Since 2003, you can see here our numbers. Uh, we have about a, really, we have close to 100% graduation rate. Um, we do have scholars in their first year that have chosen to leave or not stay because they couldn't 
personally, or they might have family issues, but that's only been five over the course of the program. You can see that we have a range of scholars from backgrounds. And I think we're really proud of the fact that over uh, close to 30% of our scholars are culturally diverse and close to 25% of our scholars have disclosed disabilities. So again, we respect all these differences, all these strengths as our program. And our new cohort coming in is probably one of the most diverse cohorts collectively. Um, You can see here at the bottom, we'll have two international students, six with disclosed, 10 from diverse backgrounds, and three parents of children with disabilities. And so I often think we think about innovation, we think about diversity, we think about those as separate buckets. We actually see the intersection of those being the strength of not only what we're doing, but the strength of the scholars that are leaving us because matter of fact, they're beating us out for our own grants sometimes and we laugh because they've really created some new thinking in our field. And so I was going to just kind of highlight um, very quickly, what are we doing in our discipline? And I know, Michelle, you're going to kind of highlight some thoughts here, too. But I think the first one I will share is just that, you know, we have to leave our discipline. Special ed is discipline free, but very deep in its discipline. I know that sounds like a great oxymoron, but we do know our field really well. But our kids are contextualized in workforce, in math, science, reading, language arts, and this field of learning science, I think puts us on the cusp of understanding things like dyslexia, how students learn, how students learn speech. And that's where I think we have to go to provide even more diverse experiences. Michelle, your thoughts? Yeah. So from a learning sciences perspective, I actually, I think the, um, the relationship is, you know, is mutual. So from a learning sciences perspective, coming into the field of spe- special education, uh, we are learning so much that um, is not always known from other fields. So that just shows how important it is, as you said, to leave your discipline, but also working with other scholars. Uh, so I'm able to learn all, all of this from different faculty, from all these different students. Um, and I think it's really wonderful. And, you know, we also are talking about shifting mentorship, mentorships. I get to mentor students who are in special education, and that is a really wonderful experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, I get to learn from computer scientists and what have you. So Tani, Monica, Molly, we'll kind of go in that order. Do you want to share kind of things that you've had as diverse experiences and just a quick highlight from your thoughts? I think I always consider myself out of field because I'm a speech language pathologist. And so being immersed in the education world is just so amazing and mind blowing because I'm getting a chance to see how the systems of the education works, um, where I'm extremely focused on the particular student um, at the time, you know, it's really interesting to see their setting. So uh, being embedded in a different education world is is a really interesting way for me to learn and help these kiddos. This is Monica. Definitely the eye tracking experience that I've received recently is very much out of my field and out of my realm of expertise. And it's been a wonderful experience and something that I'm very grateful to have the opportunity opportunity to do. And I know that I would not have been able to do that if it wasn't for the collaboration with Learning Sciences. For sure. And this is Molly. And I have had a, a variety of opportunities as well. I got to sit in with some Learning Science PhD scholars and some of their trainings, as well as this past summer, I was thrown way out of my comfort zone and asked to help provide support for an online visual schedule for a school district in the local area. 
um, as a response to COVID-19. So all of these opportunities have really shaped who we are as scholars. And Molly's been humble, but she's probably written more grants as a doc student than some faculty. So again, she's been a part of some really great success we've had in grant lighting. So Michelle, uh, this is Lisa again. I think you were going to share with us some of the uh, intro challenges and then I'll kind of uh, follow you. Yeah, so um, we are we are facing challenges, but I, I would say they're good challenges and they get us to conduct more research and work together. Um, but speaking of the context and depth in our fields, in learning sciences, there is, as I mentioned before, there are a lot of different components. Um, and we need to teach our students and teach ourselves that we can't be an expert in every component of the learning sciences. Um, I would not be able to talk about all of those components. Um, and I think it's really important that we know that we don't have to be an expert in everything. We just have to be an expert in that niche of ours. And I think it's important to teach students that also, and it, you know, in the learning sciences, and Lisa, you're going to talk a little more, I think, about the special education components. Component. Um, but I think that is something that we need to think about across all different disciplines. Um, Lisa, I don't know if you want to talk about um, special ed right now. Yeah. So again, I think, you know, as we think about our challenges at, at even in special ed before we met, you know, Michelle in learning sciences, it was, you know, am I going to be an expert in elementary, middle or high school or transition or preschool birth to three? Am I going to be more in reading math, science, social studies, language arts? I'm going to be more LDVDED. I could go on and on and on. And I know I'm preaching to the choir at an OSEP conference, but I think what we've really learned is helping scholars shape where they want to go in the future, but grounding them early in their mission and vision, which you're going to hear in a little bit. And yet saying it's okay to be a disruptor. It's okay to not come and get a doctorate and leave how you looked when you walked in the door. Because I think often you get a doctorate and say, I, I came in to do this. And it's like, well, let me let you meet Michelle too. And let me let you meet, you know, all of our other faculty across disciplines. And I think at the same time, what we've tried to do well is say you can shift your knowledge, but it's got to go right back into the classroom and impact kids and teachers and families. If it doesn't, there's not a purpose to that. And so that's that's really what we've seen as our challenge is kind of getting that mixture, but moving people to that next level and saying, what job do you want? Don't go so crazy that nobody's going to hire you because <laughs> nobody's going to hire you in a biometric multimodal learning sciences in the field of special ed. And so how do you build, uh, bridge that gap? All right. And Michelle, I think you're going to highlight a couple of our initiatives and then the scholars are going to chime in from there. Correct. Yes. Uh, so first, I guess this is more to talk about faculty. So faculty development, me in particular, I came in the learning sciences, but I was so graciously um, included uh, by Lisa. And now I'm working on several different projects in special education. Um, so thinking about the development of myself as a faculty um, has been really just great over these past three years. Um, and I think faculty in special education are also learning about the learning sciences. So there really is that development there. Um, and that's just at the faculty level. Um, 
And I can talk about the technology now. Um, something that I focus on is a lot uh, with different types of technologies, um, augmented and virtual reality learning um, simulations. Um, I'm going to talk specifically about iMotions because it's a really great company that uh, we use to help us uh, with data alignment. And as students in special education, as you heard um, them already talk about, they're learning these diff using different types of um, data channels. So a huge challenge is being able to interpret that data and put data together, uh, one data channel with another. So iMotions uh, helps doing that. And uh, Monica, I'm sure is going to talk a little more. She has already about eye tracking. Um, so it's just using these different kinds of technologies um, and, and, you know, learning how to use them. Also in this program, we use collaborative teaching experiences for us as PhD students. We are pulled into classrooms where there are other PhD students who are not um, in exceptional education. So this allows us opportunities to learn from one another, but we also have this internship opportunity throughout the summers, which broadens our field of collaboration. So I spent my 2020 summer doing, and doing research and designing a virtual STEM camp with the University of Kentucky and the University of Kansas and implementing it virtually for students. And we also have other partnerships with schools and we have the opportunity to partner with some of our local schools to provide master's educations to our K-8 leaders in STEM. And Tani, can you share a little bit about SETL for us? Sure. So one of the main missions of SETL is to support the appropriate use of technology. And one of the ways that they do a really good job at um, executing this mission is by empowering all of the faculty to understand and utilize UDL services. So one of the really neat things that we're getting ready to do is, um, is to digitize a map of, of all of the uh, different schools across the country, um, just so that we have a centralized location um, for special education uh, programs across the state. So Monica? Thanks, Tani. This is Monica. And I too have been working with Siddle for about six months. It's been one of my favorite, most favorite experiences at UCF because Siddle is a, an organization that allows you to do research and get experience, but also be creative. And so I've gotten to create a few items that have actually been published, which has been wonderful. And um, I've really enjoyed my experience with Siddle. As far as the eye tracking, um, Toby eye tracker, I have not been trained yet to implement the eye tracker, but it's my understanding that I will receive extensive training. And then um, once we conduct the study, I will be the, the one actually implementing the use of the Toby eye tracker. So I'm looking forward to that. So just to kind of summarize, you can see we have content area exams they do outside of the field of special ed, they work outside their discipline. And we're going to wrap up today with each of them sharing their mission statement. In case you want to hire them down the road, they'll be looking for jobs. It's always fun to say. And we'll then end with our five kind of things to think about. But that gives you kind of a, a, a sample of some of the work we're doing. And we look forward to maybe talking with you at the round table. So we'll start with, uh, let's see, whose mission statement is first? Tani, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, so one of my mission statements is to bridge the gap between social emotional skills and technology. And so, so often we see emotion and technology 
on almost opposite sides of the spectrum, but I'd love to explore uh, different innovations of using technology as a tool to create um, more self-awareness in students and increase independent learning during the critical stages of development. This is Monica. My research topic is dyslexia. And my ultimate goal is to streamline programs to serve individuals with dyslexia and low reading achievement within and outside the context of special education. Great, thanks. And Molly? This is Molly and my mission is to combine what I've learned with the learning sciences and all of the supports through that to support students to learn mathematics. Also to support teachers with mathematical anxiety. Great. And so last word of wisdom from our scholars and then we'll wrap up with our five points. So what advice from your experience to this point would you give to special education doctoral programs to ensure diversity is respected while extending your growth as a scholar? So we'll start, Molly, we'll start with you. Sure. So my advice is to just be as collaborative and be willing to push your personal comfort boundaries. So the more you step out of your field, the more uncomfortable we become. But I've, I've began to like live in that um, discomfort. So I've worked with big data and computer science. I've trained along with learning science scholars and I've created different things with mathematicians, all in which have pushed me beyond my bounds and my comfort zone. And, but all of those have shaped me into who I am today. Thanks. And Monica? I would say don't make prejudgments about people. Don't assume anything about anyone and give everyone equal opportunities. Fabulous. And Tani? Um, I believe that one of the best advice that I could give uh, to faculty and, and students is to be proactive in developing positive work relationships. Um, with the use of COVID, you know, communications have substantially increased, you know, which is one of the good takeaways. And so there's always an opportunity for um, people to develop those work relationships and um, to help encourage the students also, because the, the more secure they are in, in their place in the program, the better quality of work that they'll be able to do. And so that's definitely something that I've experienced here at the University of Central Florida. And mine is leave thy discipline. I think I've only been successful because I am deeply rooted in special ed and I love the field, but the more I leave, the smarter I get. And I think the bigger the impact. So again, uh, I say that with great humility, but I think leave thy discipline. I would say we've been really lucky here at UCF to get one-on-one -on -one mentorship. And without that, I don't think that I would have developed my skill set as much as I have. This is Tani, and I would say to be proactive in whatever issues may come up. And so, um, yes, build, be proactive, especially in building relationships. This is Molly, and my suggestion is to lean into discomfort. You can do, discomfort can do one or two things. It can keep you stuck in a place or it can teach you new lessons, and we want to choose to, to learn these new lessons. And this is Michelle, and I would say hug thy data. So don't be afraid of your data. Uh, you can learn a lot from it. It might take some time to do some analysis, but don't be afraid of it. Data will give you a lot of information. And I just want to thank everyone for attending our session. Um, and we hope that you will um, ask us further questions. We'll be happy to answer them.